a pro. He never made it this far. Look how far we've come. We got a chance. Chance at what, Mikey? Getting killed? Look, if we keep going, someone's really going to get hurt. Maybe dead. Besides, we gotta get to the police. Maybe Chunk already got to the police. Maybe Chunk is dead. Don't say that. Never say that. Goonies never say die. I'm not a goonie. I wanna go home. I forgot. But still, don't you realize? The next time you see Sky, it'll be over another town. The next time you take a test, It'll be in some other school. Our parents, they want the best of stuff for us. But right now they gotta do what's right for them. Cause it's their time. Their time. Up there. Down here, it's our time. It's our time down here. That's all over the second we ride up Troy's bucket. How long have you guys been standing there? Long enough, Mikey. Long enough. Jim, give us a hey, you guys. Hey, you guys! This week, we cover a movie that scared me so badly as a kid. Really? Both Sloth and Mama Fratelli. And even the the Fratelli (laughs) Brothers opera singing. I think I had this like Pavlov's dog's reaction to if I heard the opera singing, I knew Sloth was going to be on screen. Okay, I get being scared of Sloth as a kid, but Anne Ramsey throw Uh, Mama from a train? Terrifying. It's wet, ain't it? Just terrifying to young me, but it's also probably very responsible for my love of film in the way that it opened my eyes to what movies could be. It's a kid cast adventure and like this was one of the first epic movies I remember watching, you know, like I wasn't watching... I don't know, Bond or something. Well, plus it was buddies getting together to do something extremely epic. And that's what you always wanted to do as a kid. Before we talk about that anymore, I am Kevin. Along for this quest is my co-host, Jim. Jim, what would your pirate name be? Ooh, what would my pirate name be? Scurvy Paul. Scurvy Paul, cool. (laughs) This is the Pool Scene Podcast, by the way. And I, Kevin, took an internet quiz to determine my pirate name. Oh, God. I took my time. I answered 10 questions to the best of my ability. Like, I honestly gave it an earnest effort. All right. And learned that my pirate name is Squid Lips Jim. Hey, great name. So no Blackbeard or Captain Hook or Sea Dog or One-Eyed Willie or whatever. Nope, Squid Lips Jim. All right, Squid Lips. I would have surely got scurvy with a name like that. I would say so. A heavy hitter this time around. Last week, it was less than a good Corey Feldman movie. To a tone, we're discussing a better than good Corey Feldman movie. The Goonies. A great feel-good movie. We need something good right now. Even though Corey Feldman's a supporting character. 1985 action-adventure comedy written by Christopher Columbus based on an idea by Steven Spielberg, and there's more to that. There's like interchangeable over who's responsible for what. Directed by Richard Donner. We've covered one Donner film, 
which was the toy back in season two. <laughs> Donner's got some bangers. He does. Check his filmography. In Sean Astin's book, There and Back Again, he said Donner and Spielberg sort of co-directed Goonies. I could see that because there's a lot of pictures on the set where you see Spielberg just chilling out. Yeah, so they like helped out a lot. There's like a whole anecdote too about Steven Spielberg specifically told all the kids to be cold and disconnected from Richard Donner. And it's because they threw him this like big surprise party. And so, but they did it. They like kept it up for a whole week. That's pretty fun. Good for kids that age to keep a secret. Goonies is bookended by scenes that were shot on location in Astoria and Cannon Beach, Oregon. Much of the film in between those shots was shot at Warner Brothers Studios, formerly known as Burbank Studios, specifically at stage 16, which is over 32,000 square feet, 65 feet tall, by far the largest soundstage on the lot. And that's where they built the giant pirate ship. I mean, they didn't just build individual parts and create an illusion with film tricks. They built an actual pirate ship. You don't see practical effects anymore. If they would have made the Goonies nowadays, it'd be a CG ship. Yes, of course. This is the type of thing that doesn't really happen anymore. Models, or as Jim said, digital effects would be used unless you're Evan Almighty in 2006 and you build an actual Noah's Ark, causing your mid-tier comedy sequel to have a budget of over $200 million. Jesus Christ. Evan Almighty cost over $200 million dollars to make i'm gonna assume that movie bombed it had to have right i mean steve carell made five million dollars for evan almighty but they had like wanda sykes is in it and morgan freeman might have returned from the first one. Oh, okay so the budget 175 so 175 to 2 it made 174.4 okay so, so it <laughs> I mean, but it wasn't Didn't 174 even, is pretty impressive for that. Cause like yeah. imagine if it was 200 million and then it made like Ugh. 20, they built an actual arc for that one for Goonies. They built a pirate ship, which they couldn't find a buyer for. They repurposed some of it for later on for the pirates of the Caribbean movies, but most of it just got tore down. So I say all of that because those types of things give Goonies this amazing authenticity and feel. And it seems like If they hadn't done all this, do you think you would have been able to tell the difference? Yeah, I think it would make a big difference because it's such an epic thing. And as a kid, it's larger than life. And you want everything to be larger than life as a kid because you're looking at everything from a smaller perspective. Yeah. So building a pirate ship couldn't have been cheap. Jim, tell us about the budget and box office news and number ones at the time of Goonies release. From WUAB Channel 43, where the news comes first. This is the 10 o'clock news. The Goonies, the movie of our childhood, came out on June the 7th, 1985 to only a $19 million budget. It made $125 million at the box office. Pretty good. Kids came out in droves. But sometimes kids in the family like to stay home. Here are your top 10 ratings for the week of June 7th, 1985 on TV. Night Court came in 10th. 2020 came in 9th. Tied for 7th, Miami Vice and Kate and Alley. Cheers came in at 6th. Newhart came in at 5th. Cagney and Lacey came in at 4th. And tied for 2nd place was Family Ties and Code of Vengeance, a television movie. There is a number one. We know what that show is. I don't want to talk about the guy. And you have a feeling what that is. 
Was that a Billy Joel show? No, but it started with Bill. Oh, <laughs> yeah, it was a- that guy's show was so, number one. Instead of talking about that guy's show, I will tell you a little bit about Code of Vengeance. Since you mentioned oh, it, I yes. googled it. So, okay. Code of Vengeance is a made-for-television movie that aired at NBC, nineteen eighty-five and eighty-six, based on a character named David Dalton, a Vietnam veteran who has become a drifter across the United States in a camper van. So, get this, Jim. Oh, the Dalton character was created for all that glitters. The Backdoor Pilot, a second season episode of Knight Rider. Oh, that's right. God damn it. I so forgot. So this is, so Code of Vengeance is like a Knight Rider spinoff movie. It reminds me, I totally remember this. David Hasselhoff was in the pilot very briefly, and the guy who was the star of Code of Vengeance was supposed to be the next. Don't you miss stuff like that? Yeah, because. It's like, it, let's just take a side character off of a television show. I believe that guy was like, on one episode of Knight Rider. Yeah, and just give him a movie. So it's like, hey, we like Hurley from Lost. Why don't we have a Hurley movie or a a plot that follows Hurley? I like that. And they don't do that anymore. However, what used to be a big thing back in the day, here are your top movies at National Video. Video. Kevin, not much here. All original five Planet of the Apes movies were released on VHS at this time in 1985 and the Care Bears movie. Okay. So you got six movies right there, five from the same series. Some of those original Planet of the Apes movies were pretty good. Some... Wow. I believe it was the second one where they went beneath the planet of the apes and there were these weird cult people that worshipped an atomic bomb. Very interesting. Conquest was probably my favorite. Gas at the time. Gas is a big, big thing going on right now. Oh, it is? Huge thing. In case you didn't know, everybody seems to be blaming people who don't have anything to do with gas prices. Gas at this time, though, was a buck nineteen a gallon. The good old days. In news, Larry King Live debuts on CNN, airing each weeknight all the way through December of 2010. We all remember the great Larry King. Coca-Cola <laughs> announces they're bringing back their 99-year-old formula after the failure of new Coke. Coca-Cola is about to announce what it calls the most significant development in its history. James McManus reports. This is the new Coca-Cola already taste tested in Memphis, Tennessee. The new formula is also a secret, but it's essentially the same as the extremely popular Diet Coke, but sweetened with corn syrup. I believe it'll do for brand Coca-Cola what Diet Coca-Cola did for the diet market. Coca-Cola is ready to launch a nationwide advertising blitz, and the company already has sent its bottlers a video pep rally in the War of the Colas. So let's let a rip. Let's land on the beaches and go all the way. It's a kick. James McManus, CBS News, Atlanta. Now, Kevin, a lot of youngins out there to listen to the podcast don't remember what New Coke was. New Coke was released on April 23rd, 1985, and production of the original formula was halted that same week. They basically said, we're done with Coke Classic. We're done. We're moving on. Hope you liked it. Fuck it. (laughs) The new drinks run only lasted 77 days after intense public backlash. The company relented and released the original formula, selling it as Coca-Cola Classic. I'm Don Keogh, president of the Coca-Cola Company. When we brought you the new taste of Coke, we knew that millions would prefer it, and millions do. And we knew that it would beat the taste of our major competitor. And it does. What we didn't know was how many thousands of you would phone and write asking us to bring back the classic taste of original Coca-Cola. Well, we read and we listened, and you know the rest. They're both yours, the new taste of Coke and Coca-Cola Classic. 
your right of choice is back. And of course, we know who was the man who loved that new Coke campaign, Mr. Bill Cosby. So it was destined to failure. One person it never failed in our minds, our hearts, our souls. George! Good evening, everybody. I'm George Michael, and welcome to The Sports Machine. We're going to change up sports here a little bit. Two big birthdays around this time for sports. Michael Phelps, the most decorated Olympic athlete of all time. 23 Olympic gold medals was He's born. He's a fish person. He is, man. What that fucker did not, in the pool. He was built to swim. That dude just had the weirdest physique. He's built to swim. He I know. Like, he has the, the long torso. He is, might as well have gills and fins. I don't think we'll ever see anything like that because the Olympics now are just a joke. But he won 23 gold medals. He was born in Baltimore. And Kevin, if you thought, just throwing it out there, this is going to be a very hard question. Who would you say is the most famous number two overall pick in the NBA draft? Uh, number two. Michael Jordan. No, he was number three he overall. Was, Sam was, Bowie was uh, number two. Elijah one. Now, if you would have said. With the second pick in the 2003 NBA draft, the Detroit Pistons select Darko Milicic from Serbia and Montenegro. You would have won. He was the number two overall pick. He was born in Novosad, Serbia, Yugoslavia. He got a raw deal got because he got deal. drafted to the Detroit Pistons. Defending champion Detroit Pistons. Yeah. Larry Brown, the coach at the time, hated rookies. He didn't like dealing with them. So Darko rode the pine behind Rip Hamilton and Chauncey Billups and Rasheed Wallace and Ben Wallace. And I don't know who else. Who was the fifth guy? I don't remember, but it killed his career. Didn't even matter. Killed Darko. Because you did this last week when you took the news segment when we did our body swap episode of Dream a Little Dream. I'm going to do June 7th in history. June 7th, 1975. Sony introduces the Betamax video cassette recorder for sale to the public. This totally new concept in home entertainment will expand your enjoyment of television viewing to a level that was, a short time ago, nothing more than an ambitious dream. With the Betamax at your command, you'll never again be deprived of watching whatever program you desire at your convenience. You'll be free of the restrictions of time. Its uses are defined only by the limits of your imagination. And the man, the myth, the legend, Prince was born. Ooh, the man. Probably the best guitarist of all time. Probably Eddie Van Halen, too. Probably those two. One A and one B. However, who didn't play guitar, he played his musical notes with a machine gun. The number one movie at this time in 1985, Rambo First Blood Part 2. Sure. Let's get into the confusing namings (laughs) of Rambo movies. There was First Blood, Rambo First Blood Part 2, Rambo 3. It couldn't be then Rambo second blood. No, but why can't you just... It should have been Rambo, Rambo 2 first blood. Or you don't even throw Rambo in there, just go first blood 2. Yeah. Then first blood 3. Everybody knows it's John Rambo. Yeah, that's true. The number one song in America at this time, Tears for Fears, Everybody Wants to Rule the World. Probably one of the best songs of the 80s by far. We talked about the music cue with that one because I really like the real genius. Yes. When they just, they hit it right on the right beat. Popcorn's coming out of the house. Kent apologizes to God for masturbating. (laughs) 
It's fantastic. <laughs> it's the one thing we brought up when we covered Real Genius all the way back in season two. When that scene starts with the popcorn falling, it seems like the film gets compressed smaller. It's like, yeah, it does. It's weird. That's an old, they did that sometimes on movies where they would, it was a subtle indication that get up out of your seat and exit the theater. It's the end of the reel. Yes. Gotcha. But that's all that was going on in June of 85. Are you It's not just us who love this film. In 2017, Goonies was preserved in the United States National Film Registry by the Library of Congress for its cultural significance, which in a couple years may not matter because we may all be dead from a nuke. Let's sail into the plot. So Jim and I both love Goonies enough and have seen it enough times that I did not write any plot notes this week. I figure we're going to come up with a Goonies plot off the cuff, a collaborative effort and and see how it goes. So basically our movie starts, we're in the Goondocks, which is in Astoria, Oregon. Yeah, it's like a little suburb, a little outlet. Hey guys, what's going down? Get your foot off the table, Mal. What's going down, guys? What's the matter with you guys? Come on, what's the matter? What is this, a nuclear Saturday or something? Come on, guys. It's our last weekend together. Last Goonie weekend. We gotta be going out in style. Cruising the coast. Sniffing some lace. Down in the bruise. But no! One older brother had to go and screw it up. As I understand, it's a country club. It's, um... This guy who owns a country club who is the father of Troy, who is yes. Andy's boyfriend. Right, Troy wants, Perkins. Troy Perkins wants to buy these whole amount of houses and then bulldoze them to make a country club. Can I help you? Hello, little guys. I'm Mr. Perkins, Troy's father. We know who Troy is. He's a cheap Shut guy. Up. My dad's not home, Mr. Perkins. Is your mommy here? No, sir. Actually, she's not at the market buying pampers for all us kids. <laughs> papers, though. Well, you can give these papers to your father to uh, read through and sign. We'll be by to pick them up in the morning. Thank you. Thank you. Man, what is all that stuff? It's Dad's business. But what is it? I told you it was Dad's business. Look at him smiling. They can't wait until tomorrow when they foreclose on all the whatever you call it. Trash the goondocks. When they wreck our house, I hope they make it a sand trap. And never get their balls out. Now, all these kids are all neighbors, and they become very good friends. The Goonies. The Goonies itself. So they're all losing their houses. They're on, like, the final day. Yes. This is their last chance. Their last weekend together. Like, Data mentions, he's moving to Detroit. Hey, any of you guys ever hear of Detroit? No. Certainly. Where Motown started. That's got the highest murder rate in the country. Well, let me tell you what, that's where we move in, we'll lose a house tomorrow. Facing foreclosure with enough money, they could save their houses. And it's Mikey and Brandon's dad who is the figurehead to try to stop the Perkinses from purchasing the goondocks. Right. So Mikey and Brand's dad is, he works at a museum. Yes. 
And so he's a curator. He's a curator of museum, which has its perks because their attic is filled with historical documents and items. And which did his dad just start stealing steal from the museum? <laughs> I think so. because you know their their mom goes to the store with the the new uh, Spanish Rosalita Rosalita with the assistant, and they all run to the attic and want to play with the stuff, and they're putting on all the props. And Mikey's like, "You're gonna get me in trouble." Hey, well, what? Well, what is all this neat stuff? The museum did some kind of. Where'd you get this? Uh, right there. They did a show. It was the retro pack And it was about... That's what I said. You always contradict me. I was right. I knew what I, It was about the history of Astoria. And these are the rejects. Kind of like us, Mike. The Goonies. Yeah, I'm not a reject. But while they're up there, they end up finding a treasure map. To one-eyed Willie's rich stuff. Right. So they follow the treasure map which leads them to a restaurant. Now, what I didn't mention is our movie opens up with a an escape from jail. For the Fratellis. The famous crime family, the Fratellis. So when the Goonies get to the restaurant, they encounter the Fratellis. So they basically leave. They get kicked out by the Fratellis. They see the Fratellis carrying some stuff out, but don't think twice about it. They think it's restaurant garbage. No, I'm wondering what is in the bag. Uh, restaurant trash. Yes. Yeah. I'm not big. Mikey, come on. Our parents are worried. It's dinner time. Yeah. Why don't we go home? Home? What home? In a couple more hours, it ain't going to be home anymore. Come on, guys. This is our time. Our last chance to see if there really is any rich stuff. The Goonies go back into the restaurant and end up by happenstance finding a dead body first. But then they find a tunnel. Yes. So the treasure map appears to be accurate. They start following the tunnel. Well, they first, too, before they go into the tunnel, they encounter the Fratelli's son, Sloth. Sloth. Who is very deformed. Well, Chunk gets left behind, one of the Goonies. Oh, so And the good. Fratelli's lock Chunk up with Sloth. After they interrogate him, they're going to put his hand in a blender. Yeah. Essentially allows them to buy time to continue to get down the tunnel. Chunk so knows how to bullshit. Inside these tunnels, they encounter several booby traps. Tanner, where are you going? I'm setting booby traps. Booby traps. That's what I said, Sam. I'm setting booby traps in case of anybody's following us. Like if we toes, so we can hear them coming. Booty traps. Booty traps. That's exactly. what I said, Sam. Booby traps. Eventually, the Fratellis realize Chunk's telling the truth, and they start to chase the Goonies through the tunnels, the booby trap tunnels, eventually coming out to what would we call this? A grotto Yeah. where there is a pirate ship. They have located... One-Eyed Willie's treasure, a pirate ship just full of <laughs> dead pirates. Thank you, Mr. Willie. Thank yeah. you. Yes. You made my day. So the Fratellis catch up with them. They won't allow them to take any of the treasure. They make them walk the plank until Sloth shows up with Chunk. They save the day. And the there's this whole thing where they are basically trapped here. Yeah, they are. But Data, because he has all the gadgets, they have dynamite. They blow up a hole so they can get out. That they didn't realize it was dynamite. They did not realize it was dynamite. So they get out, but it causes the whole wall to collapse. And in doing so, the sails of the ship... Somehow. Somehow open up and the ship basically sails off on its own. The police are there. Their parents are there. The media. The media is there. Troy Perkins' dad's there. Yeah, and he's the basically like, sign, sign the papers. You're losing your houses. And then Rosalita. Ay, Dios mío de mi vida. Ay, Dios mío de mi vida. Ave María Purísima. Mira nomás. Ay. What's she saying? What's she saying? What's she saying? Señora Galt, no firmen. Mira nomás que te solo. No, no pen. No pen? No what? No right. 
¡No firmen! ¡Miren nomás! ¡No soy! ¡No soy! ¡No soy! ¡No soy! ¡No soy! ¡No Peterman! Jay Peterman. No Peterman! And you find out the one last thing that the Fratellis forgot to check was Mikey's marble bag that still had jewels and emeralds and diamonds in it. Right. So Mikey's dad rips up the paperwork saying we have enough money to save our houses. I think he's referring to all the Goonies houses. It's kind of it. We assume the uh, Fratellis get taken away and arrested. Yeah, and they do. So that's the plot to yeah. Goonies. Let's move on to characters. All the main characters are referred to by nicknames. The real names are either rarely mentioned or not mentioned at yeah. all. We had Sean Astin as Michael Mikey Walsh. Mikey. Josh as Josh. Just Josh. <laughs> Just Josh. Josh Brolin as Brandon Brand Walsh. Jeff Cohen as Lawrence Chunk Cohen. Okay, Brand. Michael Jackson didn't come over to my house. He's about to. But his sister did. He got chicken pox real bad oh. right before filming was supposed to start, but showed up anyway with the chicken pox. Hell yeah, man. That dude's a fucking rebel. Because he was afraid that they'd recast him. He's basically like, if I have chicken pox and I can't be, they're just going to get another kid. So he was like, I got to try. Good thing. Because it was iconic to truffle shuffle. Yeah. He was probably feeling sick and stuff, but he filmed a couple days before they realized. And at that point, <laughs> didn't want to do an Eric Any Stoltz. of the other kids have a... Uh chicken pox Corey feldman as clark mouth Devereux. never heard i've heard we heard clark once yes mouth Corey haim auditioned for this role at the time the two Corys hadn't met yet later for 1988's license to drive feldman auditioned for the role of les anderson but lost it to haim haim that's how they met jonathan kihoi kwan as richard data wang i never knew his name was Dick Wang. Dick Wang. Wow. Carrie Green is Andrea, Teresa, Andy Carmichael. <laughs> Why are there these elaborate fucking names? We've come that across nobody a couple ever movies heard. that, like, when we read the characters, there's always middle names. God. It's like a character barely needs a last name, let alone a middle name. Yeah, no shit. Martha Plimpton is Stephanie Steph Steinbrenner. Is she related to George? That George's grandson. Grandson. <laughs> John Matuzic as Lotney Sloth Fratelli. Lotney? Lotney Fratelli. Wow. Ann Ramsey is Mama Fratelli. She didn't terrify me for nothing. <laughs> she won a Saturn Award for Best Supporting Actress. Yeah. Goodness. She did great in this movie. Robert Davi as Jake Fratelli, Mama Fratelli's son. Joe Pantoliano as Francis Fratelli, the other son. And I think that's it. Uh, I'll mention Steve Anton as Troy Perkins because he uh, he's pretty good. So Richard Donner makes a cameo appearance yes. as a sheriff's deputy. So which actor or actress gives a passive performance does any non-lead character steal scenes? I think if I had to pick anyone out of the core Goonies, my favorite is Data. Yes. Data is influenced by James Bond, who he calls double O It's double Santa, double negative. Well, before he like does the zip line yeah. into Mikey's house, he turns on the Bond He thing. has it on his Walkman. It's awesome. But he has all these booby traps that he sets for the Fratellis. He literally is the James Bond of this group. He covers their asses, even though some of them might be a massive failure. He's also the voice of reason, but he also has that hope. He doesn't want to go to Detroit. Yes. So he's going to do whatever he can, how he can, to save the goondock. $50 bill. $50 bill. $50 bill. $50 bill. $50 bill. Well, I really like how he talks under his breath all the time. Stupid guys up there talking to 
Yeah, he does. And he talks to himself, and you don't understand anything what he's saying. And then he, the actor, made a promise to his mom he wouldn't swear. So there's the scene where he says, like, holy S-H-I-T. He doesn't say shit. There's a lot of lines in this movie that I just never took them for anything because I'm just like, it's Data just rambling. Yeah. And we'll talk about it more as we talk in this episode, but Data has a lot of that. They were originally filmed, but never made it the final cut. What is yours? Uh, Robert Davy. Like Mom Francis, you never let me finish anything. You love Robert Davy. I love Robert Davy. He did a lot of so him and Joe Pagliano had worked together in the past and they auditioned together, at least they put them together to check out their chemistry and they were awesome. They were like playing off each other, doing like a riff on an improv scene, and they were like, All right, these are our guys. Robert Davy, that opera stuff, all improv. He can sing. So he sings all this opera as part of the character that wasn't written. It's awesome. I wonder, because Davy is always played the bully, the henchman, the prick. I wonder if he's polar opposite in real life where he's just like, awesome. hey man, call me Richie. I'm, how you doing, man? Yeah. You know? All right, let's find out which scenes made a splash. I got a good amount. So right off the bat, when Chunk starts crying and telling his bullshit story to the Fratellis. But the worst thing I ever done, I mixed up all this fake puke at home and then I went to this movie theater, hid the puke in my jacket, climbed up to the balcony and then... Then I made a noise like this. And then I dumped it over the side. Oh, and all the people in the audience, then, then this was horrible. All the people started getting sick and throwing up all over each other. I never felt so bad in my entire life. Mom, they're going to like this kid, Mom. <laughs> Hit puree. He was at a movie theater. He started making vomiting noises. Everybody started throwing up. And Francis and Jake just thinks he's full of shit. And Ramsey is selling it like, oh, my God. Just, this is the kid who, if he needed to do a speech in a college speech class and had no prep, Oh, yes. Perfect for it. He knows how to filibuster. I love this scene. Meanwhile, he's trying to sneak ice cream. He's just trying to eat Rocky Road. (laughs) First, I have probably my favorite. When they find the Moss Garden wishing well. Yes. So during the tunnels, they stumble upon what they find. They think is the treasure. They think that they've found the treasure until they realize. Hey, Miles, what year was that map made? Oh, I don't know. Probably a couple hundred years before. Oh, wow. uh, President Lincoln. George Washington, uh, Martin Sheen. Martin, Martin Sheen. Sheen, that's President Kennedy, you idiot. Well, same difference. I mean, he played Kennedy once. Oh, that's really smart. I'm glad to know you're using your brain. Yeah, well, at least I have a brain. So stupid, Mouth. Oh, yeah? Yes. <laughs> Shut up. Lincoln, Martin Sheen. Martin Sheen, that's President Kennedy, you idiot. So they're at the wishing well, and there's a a big debate amongst themselves whether they should take the money or not. Oh, it's so good. I always used to believe that when you threw your money in, it turned into your wish. You take no point. 
And I'll take two coins and no, that's not fair. Wait, 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 stop, stop. You what? can't do this. Why? Why? Because these are somebody else's wishes. They're somebody else's dreams. Yeah, but you know what? This one, this one right here. This was my dream, my wish. And it didn't come true. So I'm taking it back. I'm taking them all back. Because these are other people's wishes. And then which mouth says, yeah, but this one here, this one's mine. This is my dream, my wish. So Troy Perkins happens to be up <laughs> ground level while they're in wishing well. What are the chances? Yeah. And he's making a wish basically to make it with Andy. They throw the coin back up when he throws it in and he realizes somebody's down there. Hey, who's down there? Sounds like Andy. Andy! <laughs> Is that you? Yes, Troy, it's me. We're stuck down here. Please send down the fucking rope. What the hell are you doing at the bottom of a well? Don't ask me to make questions. We're stuck. Just send down the bucket. Come on. <laughs> oh, See, great. guys, wishes do come true. <laughs> <laughs> so they're going to ride up on the bucket and the rope, but... Mikey convinces the Goonies that they have to keep going. They've made it further than Chester Copperpot, and they have to go after the treasure rather than let Troy save them. But my favorite part is just the way that Troy Perkins says, Andy, you Goonie. I love it. So good. My next one is when they go off on their awesome treasure hunt. They are up in the attic, and they find the map. Yeah. One-eyed Willie. Yeah, he was the most famous pirate in his time. My dad told me all about him once. Dad'll do anything to get you to go to sleep. <laughs> no. See, One-Eyed Willie stole treasure once. It was for rubies and, and emeralds and diamonds. Diamonds. And then he loaded it all up onto a ship. And they sailed away into the sunset. Until the British king, see, he found out about it. And then he set up this whole armada to go out after him. And then the armada, it took him a couple weeks. But then they caught up with Willie. And, and then there was a whole big war between the armada and Willie's ship, the Inferno. And th during the firefight, there was just guns bursting here and cannons bursting there. And then Willie fled because he didn't want to stay around because he knew he'd get killed if he stayed around. And then he got into this cave. And, the, and then the British, they, they blew up the walls all around him. And, and he got caved in. And he's been there ever since. Forever? Forever. And ever? Trapped. Wow. Mouth translating the map and Mikey having this eureka moment like this is our last chance, our last weekend together to help try to save the goondocks. Let's go do this. And Brand thinks, you know, all these stories his dad tells him, it's all bullshit. It's night story so he can sleep better as a kid. But yeah, I love the realization when they come to the fact like, hey, it seems to be right down the road. Yeah. Let's go find this yes. damn thing. Ruth. Ruth. Baby. Ruth. The Fratellis lock Chunk up with their brother Sloth. This is the scene that used to scare me because Chunk tries to give him a baby Ruth and he drops it and Sloth gets pissed and starts oh. screaming. He yanks his chains out of the wall.
sister. You're even hungrier than I am. And then it ends with the fantastic scene of, or this fantastic line of Chunk saying, geez, mister, you're even hungrier than I am. (laughs) And uh, so Sloth is, the practical makeup that they give him makes him look like a, maybe it's derogatory term, but the, um, like a pinhead, like an old circus pinhead with that, you know, deformation or whatever. But then later in the movie, they mention... When the bar breaks, the cradle will fall. Ah, ah, I only dropped you once. Ah, Well, maybe twice. I only dropped you once. Well, maybe twice. And it it sounds like Mama Fratelli dropped Sloth multiple times. times. Apparently out of a fucking skyscraper. Because Jesus Christ, Mama Fratelli. My next one is kind of a, a cute wholesome moment so they're down in the catacombs and mikey says pee break who has to pee and everybody yeah. has to pee and they go off in their little little catacomb yeah, they, where, they thankfully have this like <laughs> divide perfectly divided area like a bedroom and of course the awkward moment where there's all this room in a cave to piss they all stand next to each other and yeah. piss what the hell andy calls for bran and bran's like mikey go see what she wants see I don't what she's about. ragging about yeah, see what she's ragging he, about this is a girl that he's like falling for and but doesn't trying want to, be, to kiss but doesn't but want yet, to be bothered when she calls him you'd think he'd go running but instead he goes friend friend we'll see what she's ragging about will you see what she's ragging about mikey comes stumbling out and then she lays one on which she thinks is brand yeah. and it's obviously mikey steph sees it And then Andy takes Steph aside and goes, there's something weird. And Steph knows what's yeah. going on. This brand wear braces. And it, it still doesn't click with Andy that she kissed Mikey until the very yes. end of the movie. Yep. Hey, Mikey. Hey, you know, you're a great you keep kissing girls the way you do. The parts of you don't work so good, they're going to catch up to the ones that do. Watch, there's a hole here. I think he was standing there. <laughs> I have a two for one. First, slick shoes. Dana, hurry up. Don't be a fool. Dana, come on. No, I got a great idea, you guys. Slick shoes. Slick shoes. Are you crazy? Slick shoes. 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 So the Fratellis catch up to the Goonies in the tunnels and there's like it's like a telephone pole there's like a log or a, a tree bridge that goes over a little you know creek or yeah. water feature and data says i have an idea slick shoes slick shoes are you crazy and he squirts like some it's oil slick oil out of the back of his sneakers onto how did he make this i have no idea he's a fucking legend but he, he squirts it onto the pole the fratellis are having a very difficult time getting across but once the Goonies cross this, the next feature is, to me, one of the iconic scenes. They have to play a piano made out of bones. Oh, it's awesome. To move on, play the tune as each note is said. If you make too many mistakes, mistakes will surely be muerto. 
Now, where is the sound of the piano being amplified? It's a logic issue. There's a fucking speaker in the bones. <laughs> I don't Bluetooth. know. Bluetooth. Yeah, so they have to play the correct notes in order to open the door. And just luckily on the back of the map, very still faded notes that they have to play. If they play the notes correctly, this like drawbridge door comes down. They play the wrong notes and the floor around them collapses. It's like the Mortal Kombat spike pit in the bottom. Pretty much. She plays all the notes right eventually, which opens a drawbridge style door that leads to these bodacious water slides. Mikey says the line in this one where Andy gets all frantic. He's like... Now, I wonder why they didn't select. I mean, I don't know that much about music, but an A sharp and a B flat, I believe, are the same note. Well, your guess would be as good as mine. I have no idea. I'm not musically inclined. So they wrote the line specifically for that joke. If they would have picked a different note, then there wouldn't have been confusion between which note it was. So I don't know. Now, I have one, and it's kind of a throwaway scene, and I've mentioned this in previous podcasts where we talked about music videos of 1985. There's one scene that always sticks out to me as a kid. It's when they're on their bikes, on their way to the restaurant. I got a logic issue with it being dubbed a restaurant. But as they're passing Mikey's dad's place of work, Cindy Lauper's song, Goonies Are Good Enough, are playing in the background, and it's like the breakdown part. I'll never forget as a kid, rewinding, fast forwarding, because re- that part that as a kid edit is awesome. Always gave me goosebumps because yeah. when a it cut scene to another. Oh, yeah. it was so good cut as a kid. Scene to another, still got the the sound over. That's like very good, very good edit. Yes, it was childhood for me. The beginning of the movie is pretty grim. So Jake Fratelli breaks out of jail by faking his suicide. He leaves a note and everything. You schmuck! Do you really think I'd be stupid enough to kill me? Kill myself. <laughs> The movie literally, this is a kid's movie that opens with Jake Fratelli hanging in his in his cell. But once again, great music to play with that too. Yeah. So Jake Fratelli breaks out of jail. His brother leaves a trail of fire. So meanwhile, the other Fratelli is outside putting gasoline all over the place, which for what? Oh, it doesn't deter anyone. That you Joey can still pa- drive through that it. That Joey Pants laugh. Yeah. So they go on a high speed police. Police immediately come out and follow them. And the Fratellis get away eventually. But the, the cool thing about this scene and editing is as the high speed chase is going past, we meet each of the Goonies. Yes. Before they even get lines or whatever. Like we see... 
staff. We see chunk. chunk. We see mouth. mouth who's watching TV and he hears the sirens and thinks it's still the TV. We meet all the Goonies before they ever like really appear. It's awesome introduction for him. But then the Fratellis end up losing the police because there's some sort of like Baja on the beach. Yeah. There's like a, yeah. a race, like an early SUV, like Bronco and Blazer race it's on the beach. In Astoria. In Astoria. Yeah. And they just like know that it's happening and pull in and blend in. And then the cops are just like, well, they're gone. And the thing is, though, they don't really blend in. It's a black SUV yeah. that's not even a four wheeler. No, and the other ones have like flags and numbers and stuff. Yeah. And this is just, yeah. And I will always remember the line when Chunk tries to tell Mikey and the gang it was a four wheel drive. Bullet holes the size of matzo balls. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Uh, I also like the scene where they first get into the tunnel and there's all these pipes. Mouse dad is a plumber, so he identifies all these pipes. Yeah. They go by, they don't touch anything. Well, Chunk and Sloth come through. Oh, yeah. Sloth is just amazed by all this, but he sees this pipe going up and down. <laughs> he shoves it up in the air, and you hear like car crashes. Yeah. The one that really sticks out to me is when you see the scene of Troy on the yes. toilet. Uh-huh. And next thing you know, you hear this gush of water and he just gets lifted with the toilet yep. and he falls down. And I find it odd for a kid to start yelling after he just got douched with piss and shit water. Daddy! Yeah. There is a insane logic issue that has to do with the, well, not really logic, but it's a deleted scene that has to do with those pipes. Okay. That would have absolutely 100% ruined this movie for me. The first time the Goonies come through, they find all these pipes and it's mouth that's like water pipe, gas pipe, knows what they are. And they're like, let's bang them. Like they're in the tunnels at this point, more so I think trying to get away from the Fratellis rather yeah. than chasing the treasure because they start banging the pipes and stuff. To hoping, try to signal somebody. Hoping somebody will realize. And like the guys are in the shower, you know, handles actually rip through the wall. But it makes such a weird like, mm, yeah. which it shouldn't even make that noise. Yeah. Yeah, so pretty weird. So no, uh, no pool in this one, but plenty of swimming and water slides. Damn straight. Hey, I love pool. All right. We are assembling a team for a quest. Ooh. We're going to assemble a team of three, either real or fictional people to help us complete our quest. I want to get this out of the way. Hopefully you didn't pick this. A famous quest is Lord of the Rings, where Sam and Frodo go to Mordor to throw one ring in the volcano. Yeah. In Mount Doom. At the end, they're carried away by some giant, like, eagle hawk bird, and he just returns them home after they made this entire journey on foot. Three fucking movies yes so it's you hear it in clerks too the bird could have just flown him there in the first place so a rule for this especially in my case no bird no airplane no no like, luck dragon you just skip the entire journey and just say well i'm just gonna go from point a to point b on a luck dragon yeah we're good and uh, it's over i beat that's it bullshit you go first okay so my quest i pick homer's odyssey from greek mythology Ooh, nice so after the trojan war which lasted 10 years odysseus the king of ithaca had to make the 
journey home, which lasted another 10 years. Odysseus's entire crew was killed by all sorts of crazy perils. And while he was gone, everyone wanted to marry his wife, Penelope, specifically 108 dudes living there with her and Odysseus's son, Telemachus, who was 20, because they thought he was for sure dead. He didn't come home for 20 years. They're like, dude's dead. The 110 of them are spending all of Odysseus's money. So for my quest, I'm going to put myself in the role of Odysseus. Okay. What's your quest, Jim? I went back and forth. At first, I was like, hey, you know what? My quest is going to be to stop Lee Harvey Oswald from stopping JFK. But they kind of did that in the, the TV show 112262. And so I'm like, that's not really original. I'm kind of stealing. And something. what are you going to bring Superman to catch the bullet? And here's the thing. You already know who it is. You know where he's going to be or who else is a part of that as well. So you know where to set up. I went into history's greatest mysteries. And for me, one of the biggest question marks, where the hell did Jimmy Hoffa's body Ooh. end up? So I went with Hoffa, try to find Jimmy Hoffa. Little background. Jimmy Hoffa was president of the Teamsters in Detroit. A lot of mob ties. Here's a little prelude to what happened to Jimmy Hoffa. His plans to regain leadership of the Teamsters Union were met with opposition from several members of the mafia. One of them was Anthony Provisano, who had been a Teamsters local leader in New Jersey and a national vice president of the union during Hoffa's second term as its president. Provenzano had once been a friend of Hoffa's, but became an enemy after a reported feud when both were at federal prison at Lewisburg, Pennsylvania. Hoffa disappeared on July 30th, 1975, after he had gone to a meeting with Provisano and Gia Gia Coloni. Problem was, after that meeting between 2.15 and 2.30 in the morning, an annoyed Hoffa called his wife from a payphone. One witness reported seeing Hoffa in the back of a maroon Lincoln or Mercury car with three other people, and he was never, ever found. Well, I'm pretty sure that he was abducted by aliens and <laughs> they actually, he left a spaceship with three gray green bean men. Um, so the best uh, movie about Jimmy Hoffa is probably Martin Scorsese's The Irishman, yes. minus the weird de-aging of Robert De Niro. Weird. It's very, very weird. odd looking and I'm glad that technology has come a long way in a short time. Yes. So the whole way home on Odysseus's journey, which now has become my journey, There's all sorts of monsters and such. I selected three specific perils. For each peril, I will need the assistance of a team member. All right. So first, there are sirens who lure men with their songs. So they're, they're, they appear in mythology. They appear in all sorts of things. Yeah, you're hypnotized. So in Odysseus's journey, his crew filled their ears with beeswax so they couldn't hear the songs. And Odysseus had his crew tie him down so that he, regardless of hearing the song, he couldn't get up to, basically because the siren song would make you like jump to your death. It was hypnotic. Yes, exactly. So, and women... I'm so I, I debated bringing a woman because they're not lured by the siren song. But in this case, I'm like, well, that's great for a woman, but the rest of my crew would then yeah. still suffer. So give me Dr. Dre to give us noise canceling beats by Dre. <laughs> Boom. Can't hear the sirens. And bonus, he can DJ to provide a soundtrack for our journey. Nice. So putting some beats by Dre on. Fuck you, sirens. Can't hear shit. <laughs> So my first, I realized that to find Jimmy Hoffa, because it's lore, everybody's like, hey, this will happen to you before they find Hoffa's body. So I need a genuine archaeologist or geologist that knows terrain and to be able to find something that's kind of a historical relic. 
So I call up Indiana Jones and I'm like, Dr. Jones, I need your help. I have this diary. I have these spots where Jimmy Hoffa was at. I need you to help me find him. I have a feeling where he is. I need your expertise in digging him up. No time for love. Was it Geraldo who thought he, you know, did the special where they were going to dig up Jimmy Hoffa's body on, wasn't it on in the, Fox? Wasn't it? It was like at a high school or something. Well, I remember, wasn't there supposed to be something that Jimmy Hoffa was buried in the end zone of the yes. Meadowlands? Yes, that maybe that was it. And they were going to do it on live TV. And yeah. It, it, it wasn't. Next. So we have Scylla and Charybdis. They are sea monsters. So bear with me. One would basically swallow the sea, vomit it back up, and it would cause a huge world pool in the sea the other was like your standard like tentacle sucker back sea monster so odysseus in this fight loses a bunch of men here he survives i think he i literally think he hangs onto a fig tree and that's how he survives but he loses a bunch of men so give me namor the submariner from marvel comics nice because he's unbeatable in the water he can absorb energy mentally communicate with underwater sea life and manipulate them he can swim over 300 miles an hour, and we're going to let Namor take care of these assholes <laughs> while we kick back and drink a margarita. Not Aquaman? No. I like Marvel more than DC, <laughs> so give me... Plus, if you watched a Peacemaker, you'll know that Aquaman <laughs> fucked a fish. Yeah, he does. So I decided I need somebody that has not only detective skills, but the wisdom and the mouth of the modern day man. Okay. And I'm thinking, I need a detective. Can't be Sherlock Holmes because Sherlock Holmes is a Victorian detective. I need somebody for the modern day. Yeah. He's not going to be able to look at a guy and go, hey, fuck you, or pull out a gun. He won't know how to fire a gun. I'm taking James Bond 007. All right, perfect. So it's perfect. World traveler. If Ernst Stavros Blofeld had Jimmy Hoffa Somewhere on a boat, 20,000 leagues under the sea, Bond would have an idea where he would be, and then always remember, shaken martini, not stirred. In your mind, what does Bond look like? My favorite Bond is George Lazenby, because I love Honor Majesty's Secret Service, but I believe it's a combination of, like, Lazenby was, his Bond was drenched in reality. He was that Bond you can kind of be like, hey, I can be Bond. And then, like, Sean Connery was just in the league. It was Roger Moore, and it just kind of got hokey. Wink, wink, mine looks like Richard Grieco. <laughs> When, after Odysseus defeats the sea monsters, he returns home. But the problem is, I told you, there are literally 108 suitors staying in Odysseus's house, drinking his beer, eating his fucking lunch meat, hanging out with his kid, playing PlayStation 2, and Odysseus comes home. But his wife or anyone else doesn't believe that he's Odysseus. He's been gone for 20 years. So along with 108 suitors, they think he's a beggar. So she is holding an archery competition and the winner gets to marry her. Fair deal, All I right. guess. After 20 years, hey, I'm finally going to marry one of you bozos. You just got to win an archery competition. Hit that bullseye. So somehow a sea animal or something tipped off Namor in my scenario of the archery competition. So maybe Namor can fly. So maybe he flew there, got the scoop, came back, said, hey, you better get good at archery. So I know I need to be ready to win this thing. So in the journey back, I've got some time to practice my archery, but I need a teacher. I could go Legolas from Lord of the Rings, but let's be honest, my wife may want to marry him instead of me. <laughs> so I could go Katniss from Hunger Games. I could go Green Arrow. Yes. Or Hawkeye. Because 
it wouldn't hurt to have another superhero on my team, but I'm going Lara Croft, Tomb Raider, but specifically PS1 polygonal Lara Croft. <laughs> polygonal. I want the the pointy, the pointy body. The pointy bosoms. The real weird looking PS1. I want to hang out with the polygon. I would love to see this on a fucking poster. <laughs> it's a weirdest shit. It's like Free Guy and like it's pixels. Me and, and Namor and Dr. Dre. <laughs> PS1 Tomb Raider. <laughs> okay. I don't know how I'm going to top that. After James Bond convincing Indiana Jones, it wasn't the Nazis. I would love to hear their banter. The banter back and forth, just because they're all people from a different time. And it's so good. Like Jones thinks there's going to be some sort of grail. And James Bond's like, no, it's not going to be a grail. And all of a sudden he sounds like fucking Richard Nixon. Well, who gives a sort shit? Of Connery. Yeah, yeah kind of. Like, okay, Connery. After they find out where Hoffa is, they need to analyze how he died. I could find a guy who would be a great forensic analyst. Gil Grissom from CSI, the oh, original. Okay. So I'm bringing in Grissom. There is James Bond with a cigarette and a martini. Here is sweaty ass Indiana Jones looking over his diary. Ironically enough, I just thought, what if Bond is Sean Connery and then Indiana Jones's dad is also Sean Connery? <laughs> they are split personality. And Gil's like, what the fuck's happening I, right now? I would really love in this scenario them fighting over the woman. Oh, how so great whoever, would that be? I mean, whoever your Bond girl is, because yeah. if you introduce Bond, you got to have a Bond girl who's maybe preventing you from finding Hoffa or is helping you find Hoffa. So you've got Indiana Jones and Bond both competing for this girl. Meanwhile, his dad is feeling everything <laughs> that he's doing because it's Sean Connery. Meanwhile, Gil is being very analytical. And that's how we find out where Hoffa was and how he died. That is my triumvirate, if you will. So the whole Hoffa mystery, I mean, it's not really much of a mystery. You know, it's like... It's not a mystery that he died. It's where he ended up is the mystery. Yeah, it's like who actually pulled the trigger or whatever. I mean, common sense, I believe, would dictate it was the mafia. Yes. He yes. knew way too much. Yeah. And he needed to be shut up. So who went through with it and where'd they put him? That's the thing. Did they put him in a blender like uh, Chunk's hand? <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's fascinating stuff. We'll have yes. to do a, a quest again because I'm thinking uh, I got Donkey Kong up top throwing barrels at me and I need a team to help me. Arnold Schwarzenegger, Lou Ferrigno's dad. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so let's get back into the water. Everybody! Water! We can't be sure it's Chester Copperpot. I know it's him. I know. I read the article. Get his wallet. Mouth, get his wallet. You get it, Mikey. Mouth, get his wallet. It is Chester Copperpot. Critical question, by the way. What's uh, your favorite movie with a kid or teen cast? Is Goonies the gold standard? I think Goonies is a gold standard. If I had a fallback, probably The Wizard. Okay. And we covered it, of course. But I love The Wizard because it's kids with no adults around. Yeah. I think you've that's get, the thing. You've got another Feldman, Stand By Me. Yeah, it's a great one. Want to see a dead body? The Sandlot. Oh, Sandlot's great. Space Camp. Yes. Super 8, which is like a 
nod to Goonies. It's yes. like the they tried to make a new Goonies, basically, that many years later. If you're artsy-fartsy, Wes Anderson's Moonrise Kingdom's really good, but a totally different sort of thing. I'd say the closest to the magic of Goonies, because of the perfect nostalgia, is Stranger Things, which obviously is a show yeah. and not a movie, but I don't know that kids connect with Stranger Things as much as we do. It's a nostalgia-driven show, but at the rate this show's coming out, they're going to be 30. They're going to be 35 years old yeah. and another movie you forgot that's another great kids movie explorers yeah explorers very underrated i mean there's a bunch of these that ton. we could probably go through those are just like the ones off the top of my head i'd say goonies probably still the gold standard stranger things to me has taken the mantle i don't know the kids like stranger things because i think it's more for us it's us it's for us, but I think that kids could also enjoy it. So. I agree. Well, somebody I wouldn't want to bring on my my quest. <laughs> you sure? David McCall. Because if anybody gets in the way, you know what David's going to do. Hey, Sloth. You, uh, you live, bud. It all could have been different, Mr. Walker. You should have allowed nature to take its course. Better give me that fucking treasure, that Willie, huh? Yeah, you pull that chains out of the wall, bud. Yeah, asshole. So... I have quite a bit of logic, surprisingly. I got a good amount, too. So, first, I'll say all of the Goonie families are holding on until the last minute. There's no packing at all, Why it didn't seems. they make any plans to say, okay, we're probably not going to save the house. We'd better pack up our stuff and go. They're leaving tomorrow. Yeah, Data <laughs> says we'll live in Detroit tomorrow. So, somehow he's getting from Oregon to Detroit. Tomorrow. Tomorrow. No packing. No. A second part of this is they do save their houses, but fucking how <laughs> they have a bag of gems you can't go to the bank and be like here's Here. some rupees by all rights they're gonna have to go to a pawn shop hawk it yes and get what a quarter of what it's actually worth how are they selling these jewels to convert to money to save the houses plus here's the thing too all we ever see is data's house the interior of Mouth's house, and then Mikey and Brands. We don't know actually how expansive the goondocks no. are. So I'm thinking it's going to be billions and millions of dollars. Yes. Well, my second part of this sort of is... Willie's ship sails away. They just let it go. It's got billions of dollars in treasure. Yeah. Not to mention the ship itself probably worth a ton with pirate corpses. It's hundreds of years old. Hundreds of years old. Pirate skeletons and you, the stuff you'd want to put in a museum. If you're Mikey's dad, that's like your dream. Yeah. So all this treasure and stuff. Now... Correct me if I'm wrong. It might just be in international waters, but you can claim a ship as your own and it's yours scot-free. Okay. So if someone lets that ship sail out so far, 20 miles and takes it <laughs> mine and they're now a multi-billionaire because they have all this stuff. I think it'd be better if Captain Ron showed up and started piloting the damn I mean, thing. No one's really all that concerned. It's no. sailing away and they're just kind of like, oh, oh look, at, look at pirate that. ship. Yeah. You brought it up briefly, too, and I think we should elaborate on it more. Data says a lot of stuff that is just thrown out there. At the end, when the media shows up, Data says one line. He's like, How, how'd you get mine? What happened out there? Were your life's in danger? The octopus was more scary. Oh, no. The octopus was really scary. Now, we've seen this movie yeah. millions of times. We threw that line away, yeah. but there was a deleted scene in which there actually was a horribly bad octopus. Yes. Kevin, elaborate. I swear to hell! I mean, who do you think you are anyway? What? 
at some point when they're in the water, I think probably after they walk the plank, you got Steph yelling at Mouth, stop touching me, get away from me, stop touching me. It's because an octopus tentacle is like wrapped around her. This is a frightening looking octopus, it by the way. Look practical. Real cheap though. Like yeah. compared to how well everything else is done in the Goonies, the octopus doesn't look that it's great. Bad. And maybe that's because they didn't touch up the scene or something in the form that we've seen it. You can watch it on YouTube or online. But essentially, yeah, there is an giant octopus in the water that they have to and it's like you can watch this interview i sent you an interview with um, sean astin sean astin where they ask him like the octopus just always sucked it, was just, <laughs> it just did i mean and they the thing about it is i think they were like smoking a lot of pot <laughs> so even though it was like a i don't know 50 million dollar movie a 20 million 80 million i don't even know what they charged for those movies back then about all these weird deleted scenes and stuff. And he basically blames the whole thing on marijuana. <laughs> yeah, they were so high. And then there's one thing, and I don't know why I never put two and two together. Now, I never knew his brother was Mackenzie Aston. Now, I remember Mackenzie Aston. At one point in that interview, Sean Aston even goes, I really wanted to work my brother Mackenzie's name into the movie somehow. And so when the Fratelli shoot at us, there's, the bullet goes off next to our head, and I go, holy Mackenzie! <laughs> They left that in there. <laughs> Holy McKenzie! There was a lot of things well, they never got like that. There's one point where he calls Josh Brolin Josh instead of Brand. I didn't catch that when I rewatched it. Nothing buried but somewhere in there, apparently, there's a call him Josh. He calls him Josh, and they don't they don't say anything. Yeah, I'll just bring it up now. I was saving it for the main event. But in the original screenplay, so we talked about the the pipes. They they come through the tunnels. There's the pipes. They're gonna wiggle the pipes and all of that, trying to alert someone. Sloth apparently causes a car accident. Well, in the original screenplay, and it was filmed but removed, and I didn't even try and watch it because I would have been so disappointed. The Goonies bang the water pipes, which accidentally causes zoo animals to escape two gorillas escape they steal troy perkins car and they drive off in it how how apparently courtesy of a work print in 2020 you can find the scene on youtube two gorillas drive a car that shit jumps the shark so are we saying this is shared universe theory with planet of the apes maybe then? it's caesar yeah i i don't could you imagine like i'm so glad they cut that that's not appropriate for this movie that would have killed this movie and everything about it i mean obviously you have to suspend disbelief like you do with any movie but this movie has the perfect balance of believable and gorillas driving away in a car i mean look at the point in which that scene would have taken place you still have this whole amazing second half yeah that scene alone if that would have happened you'd be sitting in a movie theater even 30 minutes after that going what the fuck are the gorillas <laughs> why what are we gonna see these gorillas again are they coming back like are they gonna get out and the fucking gorillas are gonna steal the loot are they going to oh, captain the pirate ship? God. This would have been fucking horrible. Here's another one for you. What the fuck is Sloth? Now, we said it earlier that she dropped them multiple times. Yeah. I don't know if that really explains. No. He has his head shaped like a lava lamp. Yeah, it doesn't explain a lot of things except, well, what's pretty fucked up? I mean, they keep him chained to the wall and he, she always goes back to the animal store to buy more chains. He never showers. He always wears the same Superman yeah. shirt. But when you reveal that Superman shirt, that one scene where francis and jake he rips it off and you yeah. hear him go oh shit i love that sloth has no chill like it scared me as a kid but i think one of the things that's scary is you know he drops a baby ruth he can't be like shit or whatever yeah. he goes ah! 
<laughs> like he like would not have been funny if Sloss would have been like, ah, fuck. You yeah, know? right. <laughs> exactly. But no, he screams with everything he has. He tears the chains out of the wall. It's just everything is like so over dramatic and crazy. Now I sense if you'd make the Goonies nowadays, he would have a normal voice and he would just look oh deformed. God, don't even bring it up. Like Kevin Hart, like what the fuck, you know, <laughs> just like what the shit, man. Yeah. The lore of finding the rich stuff, and this goes back decades. We come across skeletons in the middle of the booby trap areas. Yes. We find a wallet and it's Chester Copperpot. Yes. And apparently there's this legend of Chester Copperpot that's uh-huh. brought up in that scene. Hey, you guys, look at it. Hey, you guys ever heard of this guy? Look, Chester Copperpot. Chester Copperpot. Look, it says, Chester Copperpot, missing while in pursuit of local legend. Reclusive scavenger claims I have the key to one-eyed Willie. Well, when they're in the attic, yeah. they have a newspaper, but framed newspaper missing. article. Yes, he said he went missing. in, but never came out. And that was back in 1958. And here's the thing I don't understand about it. So Chester Copperpot, there's probably a lot before him that found this tunnel in the bottom of that restaurant, which probably at one time it wasn't. It was no. just a tunnel. Yes. If they had an inkling on this pirate ship or what or this pirate map, where the where the ship possibly could be and the exit being right there by the ocean, why not just dynamite it in and go find the ship that way instead of going through all these catacombs? Somebody at one point must have stumbled apart and go, yeah. hey, look at this. The ship's here. There's the ocean. I'm going in yes, this way. From I'm just going directly to the end. Why not? Why I start at the beginning? It seems like common sense. Well, Mikey's kind of a, a you know. He's a, a dreamer. He's a dream, but like Mikey, it's as much about the journey for him as the destination like because this is gonna be the last time he sees all of his friends yeah so it is he wants to keep going and stuff so to piggyback on that chester copperpot did make it very far he didn't for being like a famous explorer they entered the tunnel there was like the gas pipe room yeah the next room chester copperpot's dead he gets squashed but he does he because That's a good point, Mike, they're still set. Mike pulls the rope, which sets off the booby traps, which means Chester Copperpot didn't set them off because they're still active. Here's the thing, though. If they don't get set off, that rock they push out where all the bats come out, Chester Copperpot didn't even figure that no. part out. We can only assume that A, he sucks, and B, he's even more stupid because he just doesn't go, fuck it backtracks and we got to figure at one point maybe those he, pipes aren't even there when he no, shows well, that's up what I was gonna say maybe he inhaled the pipes like yeah, the gas something. from the pipes and then died i yeah it's re- absolutely ridiculous and another thing i that's got that's a whole logic thing too is yeah. like they went down there to put in these pipes yeah for the restaurant but didn't notice like anything they didn't accidentally set off a booby trap in the next room when they were putting in the pipes for the restaurant which P- probably wasn't there plus this restaurant i really question is a logic issue too what kind of downstairs cat catacombs if you ever seen in a restaurant like that yeah it's like the walk-ins like down the spiral staircase no one ever noticed how fake the logs in the fireplace are oh it's horrible there's literally like eight to ten inches of a gap under the logs and no one's ever like how are those logs floating there plus there's a glass deposit bottle and water's gonna run down i mean come on you're gonna check it out if you're a kid super weird does troy perkins kill brand brand can we give you a ride somewhere huh no Thanks anyway, though. Yeah, Walsh. Let us give you a little ride. Hold on. Here we go. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. The 
when Bran's on the little bike. Yeah, he's Data's sister's bike that he steals. He steals Data's sister's bike, and he's riding this little bike. His legs are all bowed out. And Troy Perkins is in the car with Andy and Steph, and they see him, and they grab hold of the bike and force him to go 50, 60 miles per hour on this little bike. And then Troy lets go, and Bran launches off what appears to be a cliff yeah, he's with dead. tons of timber. He's dead. So this whole movie is just a dream. Here's the thing I don't make sense, too. When Mikey and all the boys leave, and they tie Bran up in the house with the stretch cable, yeah. Mouth decides to flatten up his bike tires. What are you doing? You took 376 lawnmower jobs to pay for that. It's his most favorite thing in the world. Now it's his most flattest thing in the world. Let's go. Doesn't Mikey say he's mowed over 400 yards yes. for this bike? How much was he getting fucking paid Eight to do cents. these yards? That it took 400 yards to get a bike like that. If he, if he was getting paid 50 cents, it would take 200 yards. Jesus Christ. Or, getting, no, it would take, it would be $200. So that yeah. bike at that time was how much? Oh God. I mean, yeah, I don't know. So he's really not getting paid very much. He's not. How do the Fratellis, Sloth, and Chunk catch up with the Goonies? The path has been destroyed. There's booby traps. When they, when they, the, the entire floor has collapsed from the piano trap. There's no floor to walk on. How do they get up there? They don't ever show them. They just like appear. So there's no path. They've destroyed it. Also, the drawbridge that comes down, once she plays one or two notes correctly, they can't grab that. There's Except, enough of a gap. There's not like there's a hole where they'd have to jump to reach up. No. You don't need it, to go through the whole thing. No. They she they play all the notes correctly. It's open far enough. You guys are all pretty. I mean, I get it know. for movie's sake, but it would have been better if they would have had to got all notes and then maybe there would have been a picture that had drawbridge and then you get that final note, then the whole thing. Yeah, comes or like, yes, like just the way they shot it or the way they made the prop, just make it a little differently. You know what? Let's even be on that scene where the ship is in that cave. Are you telling me, you know, after years and years of, you have to remember, we're in Oregon. There's the San Andreas Fault after all these earthquakes and shit. Yeah. Why has there not been a cave in and how is this ship still preserved in that well, cave? I don't understand anything about that cave because you're telling me no from sense. the outside, they end up collapsing the whole thing. But from yeah. the outside, this would appear to, to everyone outside to look like what a mountain. Yeah, like a cliff. It cliff looks side. like a cliff side. But it just happens to be housing. And how does that ship propel out? I have no There's idea. No There's no intergust wind. wind. Even with the sails <laughs> up, it ain't going anywhere. No, it's not. So they destroy the entire cliffside with the dynamite, which starts just collapsing. None of it hits the ship or... Like some rocks the hit ship. the hull, but... yeah. Even the rocks that do hit the hall and go through like the top deck, that wood's going to be so brittle. It's yes. going to sink the fucker. Right. Yeah, absolutely the hell? crazy. All right. Let's move on to legacy. Special anniversary events for the film hosted by the city of Astoria have drawn 10,000 to 15,000 visitors. So the home used by the Walsh family has become a huge tourist attraction, receiving between 1,200 and 1,500 visitors a day, specifically during the summer of the 30th anniversary. In 2015, someone bought the house. So a lady bought the house. It first she was like really cool about it she was like you guys want to come inside check it out like when people would visit she'd let them go in she'd let them take pictures and all that and then when it started jumping from like 1200 to 12,000 <laughs> she hung tarps up all oh. over the house because she was like and then she made the city step in yeah and the city made it like impossible fines if you're caught parking outside of the house but it literally says like no parking at the goonies house there's like a sign i mean i get it but yeah. She had enough. I mean, she at first was cool. And then you know what they should have done? Just making a historical site and nobody can live there. Yeah, that's what they should have done. Like the, the Christmas story. Huh? Exactly. 
The novelization of the movie confirms that Chunk's parents actually do adopt Sloth, going so far as to throw him a bar mitzvah. Why could there not have been a sequel to this just called Chunk and Sloth? Yeah. So there's been talks of a sequel forever, but the only one that came to fruition was Goonies 2 for NES. Which is weird because the first game came out in Japan and never came out here. Yeah, the plot is that the Fratellis have escaped and kidnapped all the Goonies except for Mikey. They've also kidnapped a mermaid named Annie, but you play as Mikey trying to save all the other Goonies. It's a difficult game. The cast is on board for a live action sequel, but 91-year-old Richard Donner chose to pursue Lethal Weapon 5 instead of Goonies 2. So he basically was like, what do you want your swan song to be? Goonies 2, Lethal Weapon 5. He said Lethal Weapon 5. I would have went Goonies 2. And it sealed the deal. So the cast is all still really close. They do a ton of like reunion events. They're going to be at Steel City next month. Yeah, they do a ton of stuff. They're all uh, pretty close. Jeff Cohen and Kihoi just went to Disneyland together last month to celebrate Kihoi's Disney Plus series because he's returning to acting. Okay. Disneyland hosted them. And I saw, you know, uh, an article with how disappointed Corey Feldman was because truly all the cast is like, yes, let's do it. Let's, you know, we may have like gray beards and stuff. It's awesome. Let's get everyone together. We all still really like each other. Let's go on another quest. It would be awesome. I mean, think of it is like the way that the new Ghostbusters Afterlife movie yeah. reached out to a new generation. It's perfect for parents that are our age exactly. and kids to go see a movie together. It's awesome. But then, like I said, Donner chose and, and Feldman's five. like, it's done. It's not going to happen. He's like, basically, Donner's 91 years old. But why can't somebody other than Donner do this? Maybe out of respect. I get it. Why doesn't Spielberg do it? Yeah. Have Spielberg step in. And I mean, we get with Ghostbusters. It was Ivan Reitman's son yeah. who was on the set every day growing up. So he knew yeah. have, how special. Have Christopher Columbus and Spielberg do it. Maybe if Donner passes away, you know, getting up there, uh, maybe those two do it in honor, dedicated to yes, Donner. That'd be awesome. Bring back the original cast. They're all apparently on board and uh, looking good and everything. So yeah, why it. not? It'd be fun as hell. Let's stick around for some plugs. <laughs> Konami. Pool Sceners, once again, thank you very much for listening to this week's episode of the Pool Scene Podcast. And as always, like, comment, subscribe, rate, and follow Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Podbean. Smash that like button with unbridled enthusiasm and make sure you spread the word of the Pool Scene Podcast to one and all. Go over to Facebook at Pool Scene Podcast. Join the Pool Sceners group. You guys want to win some free stuff? Maybe make a suggestion about an episode or two? Let us know. Join today. Instagram at Pool Scene Podcast and TikTok. We're trendy with the kids, y'all, at Pool Scene Pod One. And as always, thank you, thank you, thank you. And now back to Kevin. Final lap guy. Yeah! The final lap! So I have a squatter update. Oh, yes. I Let's mean, do it. History of squatter for you new listeners. My, I have a neighbor who got a free house. So basically the woman that lived there passed away like a month before she passed away. He showed up and he was like, oh, I'm just hoping around. And then sure enough, he got a free house. Kids didn't want it. Kind of came in, took over, reconnected with his high school sweetheart. He found out she had grown kids. She never told him. It's a whole dysfunctional situation. You know, over the summer, there was a SWAT team because there was a gun situation over there. Just real crazy stuff. 
stuff. They've been doing a lot of work on that house over time, and that's the sort of thing you can do when you get a free house because your money's free to oh, yeah. do some improvements. So we've seen them bringing in like closet doors and kitchen stuff and that sort of thing. Well, in the last couple of days, we've seen a U-Haul. Oh. And the garage is empty. So then yesterday, there are people looking at the house. It's for sale. Yeah. However. Ah, oh, fuck. He's selling it. Now, our house is a little bit bigger than his. We looked at the pictures on Zillow because that's what nosy people do. And he's selling the house for 100000 more than we paid for ours. <laughs> I told my wife that if he sells that house at that price, you guys sell we're putting up. our house up for sale tomorrow. Yeah. We'll live in a storage unit until we buy another because we will make make a ton of money like it's just it's insane to me uh-huh. is he selling it himself or does he have a he has a company selling? i it? think he has a company selling it i mean his his girlfriend is literally a realtor but he had somebody that's not his girlfriend so the two groups of people we saw looking yesterday an older couple okay i mean for what he's selling it for i think he's going to deter a younger couple from i mean the in. housing market right now is crazy yeah, it is and i mean to stereotype a little bit younger people usually just they buy a starter home because yeah. they don't have a ton of money to buy you know they're a more expensive home they're their you grow into it then you grow out of it yeah so then we saw an older couple and then we saw a couple standing in front of our house pointing at it and stuff and my wife was like what is happening out here i was like do they want our house instead of the neighbor's house they can have it so she's like she was gonna go out and say can i help you because i think they literally thought it was our house and not the neighbor's house jesus christ because they're probably like hundred thousand more okay it's the bigger one yeah right it's right fucking nuts yeah then it makes you wonder if he put such a price on it that he doesn't want to sell it but it has to come across like he's selling it I, for some sort of reason see i'm just curious i'm Is that curious, a tax thing I'm or curious because I wonder if the kids got wind of the amount of roots he put in so the previous tenant who owned the house who passed away her kids did not want the house but i wonder if like they were okay with him being there for the time being but maybe one of them caught wind or actually visited or something and was like wait this guy is like fully squatting setting up in this house dickhead so wonder if they're like yeah you gotta go you're done wonder if they're splitting the money so wonder if the high price tag maybe came from the uh original owner's kids who were like hey we're gonna sell it split and we're going to split it. I don't know if he's going to live with his girlfriend. I don't really care at this point. I know he was flying back and forth to Arizona to get pain pills because he had back surgery, even though every time I see him, he's doing something strenuous with his back, but he claims he he can't work. He's probably on disability because of his back. But then the one day I literally think he came over and he was trying to see if I knew where to buy pain pills. Oh, because he was like God, uh, real winner. He's like h- making hints. Yeah. He's like, the doctors here, they think I'm, I'm trying to just score drugs. He's like, they won't give me my prescription. He's like, so I've been flying to Arizona once a month to fill my prescription. And I'm like, are you fucking serious? Like, yeah, <laughs> degenerate. So, but it appears he's going to be gone. I, I guess if they can at least come back down to planet earth and ask a reasonable price for their house. Cause we, when we looked at the pictures, they actually didn't really do much. all that much to it. I mean, they, the kitchen looks nice. They updated the kitchen, but the kitchen's small yeah but that's that's really it that's cool i will say i'm going to my first concert next week for the first time in seven years i'm gonna go see the midnight in pittsburgh i'm excited for that when you said your first concert i was like i know for a fact you've been to concerts <laughs> my first concert since 2015 when i saw huey lewis the news so we're going to pittsburgh seeing the midnight the midnight's kind of a synth wave type band so i've never been to a synth wave concert so i don't know what to expect but i'm very excited it's at the roxy i've never been at the roxy but i heard it's pretty cool so i'm excited for that and we can announce this week because we've already said it in stone we are doing trading places our first 1983 movie and tj's coming back on the show next week 
So it'll be fun to talk about Eddie Murphy and Dan Aykroyd. Kevin hinted at it last week with the Dream a Little Dream. Not really a body swap movie, but it's a it's a swap movie of lifestyle. Literally trading places. Literally it's are. Two people trading places with each other. It's an awesome movie. It's great. It's a classic. It is a classic. And then, so you're talking about concert. If you guys want to see us in July, we will be at the Gin Blossoms with Toad the Wet Sprocket oh, and Bare Naked Ladies. So excited for this. In Cleveland. That'll be my third time seeing Bare Naked Ladies. I've never seen any of those bands. The Gin Blossoms is like the band. Full disclosure, I didn't like to gin blossoms in high school so, i was like into like punk and hardcore yeah. and stuff so like gin blossoms to me were just like <laughs> maybe like too soft or something and they're at the rib burn off every year well, we never and right went. and they were always i remember explicitly i think it was my senior year the gin blossoms were at the rib burn off and i was like gin blossoms suck but it was funny because this other punk dude at school he might have been more punk than me was like gin blossoms are pretty cool actually but i never saw them so they were at yeah. rib burn offs they were at like county fairs and and things like that and then a couple years ago me and you were going to try and see him at a casino yeah we were going to take a drive to see him at a casino and then um i was up at the hard rock in northfield i think maybe yeah and uh thankfully the fates have aligned and we're gonna go see uh, all three of those it's gonna be awesome chin blossoms bare naked ladies and toad the wet sprocket and uh it's outdoor venue that'll be cool that's cool um get some just ga tickets and just enjoy it man be a good time. So, all right. Well, join us next week for Trading Places with a uh, three-man weave. This will be awesome. And uh, and since Jim went ahead and announced the episode, <laughs> yeah. we haven't done 1983 music videos. We haven't done a pool check that involved music videos in a long time because we've I think covered we're almost every year. I think we're, I have to go back and double check, but I think 83 may be the last realistic year because I, I think we, maybe it's like 2003 we haven't done, but that's yeah. kind of where it's like, who gives a fuck Music anymore? videos are a stretch by that point. Yeah. 83 we're gonna do some music videos so uh hopefully we can pull some pull out some winners it'll be fun all right and remember everybody slav ukraine until next week silencia silencia